<clears throat> Good evening. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank everyone for being here with us tonight. We want to thank everyone for making the choice and the decision to be here tonight, to study God's Word, to sing songs of praise unto our God and to fellowship with each other. It's a wonderful time for us to, 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 to be here, that we can take time away from our busy day. We can take time away from our busy work and focus on worshiping our God, focus on studying His Word, and focus on... <clears throat> benefiting our Christian life, and I hope that we are benefited by being here tonight. I hope that you are blessed and edified by the study this evening. We are going to do all of Matthew chapter 23, as, as Monty said, we're, we're going to do the, the entire chapter. I have all the verses up here on, on the board for you. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 23. This chapter 23 is really, uh, Jesus is, is, is speaking, or he's talking about the Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, you hypocrites. I'm going to say that a lot, because it's said a lot here in this chapter. Jesus is really, he's, he, he's, not, he's not, not letting them have it, because Jesus is also teaching at, at, at this time. But this is where he's really going to break down the Pharisees, a lot of their errors. And as I was, as I was studying this chapter, <clears throat> some of these things that was wrong with the Pharisees sometimes seems like it wants to creep into my life as well. That sometimes we can look at these Pharisees and just call them bad all day long. And they were. They were bad. They were hypocrites. They were phonies. But sometimes some of the things that they were, were doing is kind of close to maybe some, some of the things that, that, that I might have thought or, or, or some things that I might have almost did or wanted to do. And it can be scary. And I think it's, it's, it's good for us to also take from, from these Pharisees that we can look at how they were and, and make sure that we don't fall into the same trap as some of these Pharisees did in this chapter or, 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 or the Pharisees did there during the time of Christ as well as after the time of Christ where you, if you read the, the Acts of the Apostles, the Pharisees are still there being the enemies of Christianity. Starting off, I have Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20 says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we are, being, what, what we, we are talking about here. That we are talking about the Pharisees, and way back in, in, in Matthew chapter 5 in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, Except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case or in no wise enter in the kingdom of heaven. And as you look at what we're about to talk about with these Pharisees, you'll see how true that statement is. That Jesus was having to battle, so to speak, these Pharisees from the beginning of his ministry, from the beginning of Matthew, of the book of Matthew, that these Pharisees and these scribes and these, these, these uh, Sadducees were constantly trying to trick Jesus, were trying to, to catch him in his words, and was really trying to search out for ways to destroy him. So as we go about think. Think that if your righteousness does, does not exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 23, verse 1, the Bible says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So I, I want us to understand, because sometimes I might have got confused. At this moment, Jesus has, got, has just, just got done talking to the Pharisees. If, if, if you will recall in Brother Aaron's lesson last week where we talked in Matthew chapter 22 that Jesus has gone to Jerusalem. The triumphant entry has happened. Jesus has rode in on a donkey. He is here now, and he goes into the temple. And in that temple, he, he encounters these Pharisees, and these Pharisees start, 
start trying to question. They start trying to catch him in his word. And I think the way Aaron put it was trying to get him to an, an aha moment. Like, oh, we got you now. You, you said the wrong thing. Jesus never said the wrong thing. But the Pharisees there were, were, were asking him questions like, is it, is it lawful to pay taxes? Should we pay taxes? And Jesus says, render under seizure the things that are seizures and render to God the things that, that are God. That was one of the things that they talked about. If you'll recall, Aaron talked about how the Sadducees, which was another group there of religious leaders, tried to trick him in talking about somebody's wife and, the, and, and this person's wife, and he had seven brothers, and all the brothers had the wife. And whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And Jesus told them how they don't understand. They don't understand. Then they asked him about what is the greatest commandment. And then they asked him about, and then Jesus asked them, who is the son of David? So Jesus had just got done not kind of battling or arguing or talking to these Pharisees because these Pharisees were attacking Jesus. So Jesus just got done talking to these Pharisees. But now in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus' turn, and he's talking to the multitude and his disciples there. He's not talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the multitude and to his disciples, and he's going to talk about the Pharisees. So I, want to say, I think it's important to understand the context there of who Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to the group of the multitude and to his disciples, and he's going to use the Pharisees as examples of what not to do. Matthew chapter 23, verse 3, the Bible says, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say, and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and, burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. So what is Jesus saying here? He said, these Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. And I'm going to backtrack now. Back to verse 2, where, where it says that, that the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. And what that means is that the Pharisees are the ones that are, 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 are going about teaching the law. They're the ones that are teaching the, 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 uh, the law, the, the, the um, commandments there, and the expounded commandments. That's what the Pharisees were supposed to do. They were supposed to teach <laughs> they're supposed to teach the law. And, that, and that's what it means that they sit in Moses' seat, because Moses was the lawgiver. And they are, are, are the ones that are teaching the people in the, in the synagogue or in the temple the law. And, and here he says, but they do things or they say things and they don't do them. Says that they put all these burdens upon people to, to do these things, to, to, to obey all these traditions and all these things. But then Jesus said, but the Pharisees won't even lift their fingers at all. So what are they? They're hypocrites. They say but they do not do. And that's what, 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 what Jesus is saying here. Those Pharisees will give you burdens, grievous to bear, and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not even lift a finger to move them. He said they talk a big game, and that's all they are, are, are talk. They won't do these things themselves. And it reminded me when I was studying that of James chapter 1, verses 22 through 24, where the Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, de deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgiveth what manner a man he was. Does that sound like the Pharisees? The Pharisees there were, were putting burdens on people, making it hard for them. But they weren't doing those burdens themselves. It's similar to me that they were sayers but not doers. Just how we should be hearers and doers, not be hearers and not doers. Where the Bible says, if you hear the word, do the word. That the, the Pharisees to me are, 
almost described when it talks about a man looking at himself in the, in the mirror. Someone who looks at himself in the mirror, sees the faults, sees the blemishes, and then does nothing about them. Turns and forgets what man or man he is and goes about being that, that the hypocritical person. That we should not be like the Pharisees. And that's what Jesus is teaching his, his disciples there. Don't be like the Pharisees. Deceiving your own selves. That's something that I think the Pharisees, as we continue to read this chapter, do very well. They deceive themselves. They see themselves as the religious leaders, as the power, but they are not doing what is right. They are not doing the things. They want to destroy Christ, but they see themselves as very righteous, very self-righteous in, in, in many cases, and they're deceiving themselves. Back to our text in Matthew chapter 23, verse 5, the Bible says, But all their works they do, for to be seen of men, they make broad their phylacteries, phylacteries, and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the, upper, the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi, or teacher, teacher. So it, it, it says there that they love the best seats, they want the best seats at the feast. They want the best seats in the synagogue. They want to be greeted. Oh, teacher, teacher. They are all about themselves. They are all about making the, the, them, 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 themselves this grand thing. And there it says, and they make broad their garments. What does that sound like? That means they're making their garments broader. They're making their garments possibly more colorful. They want to be seen like a peacock being paraded around. Look at me. That's what those Pharisees are. And it says, make broad their phylacteries. That's quite the word. I had to look that word up. I was not sure what that meant. And I think I said it correctly. I like to think that I said it correctly. What that word means is that there were times where, the, where those Pharisees and what phylacteries, if I'm saying that correctly, means is it was like a piece of parchment. And that they would write scripture. They would write the laws and they would put them some, some claims, some commentaries claim that it was, it was in a box and they would place it on their heads, almost like on their foreheads, where they would have this scripture placed not really on the frontlets of their eyelids as the word was in, intended to have it in their hearts and in their minds all the time. They would literally write it down and put it almost like a headband. In my mind, I see a headband of these scriptures. But here it says they're making them broad. And big, and just imagine someone writing a law of the old law, putting it kind of on their forehead like this big. That's kind of what they're doing. They're like, I'm making this brawn. I'm making my garments big. Look at me. Where's the best seat? Because that's mine. And that's how the Pharisees were. And Jesus is saying that is not right. Their biggest problem, which is about to be talked about here, is that they were not humble individuals. You know, in Luke chapter 16, verse 14 through 15, the Bible says, And the Pharisees also, who were, who were covetous, and that word covetous translated as lovers of money, <coughs> excuse me, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of, of God. So here, these Pharisees, it's clear to me, as talked about here in Luke, in Luke chapter 16, as well as Matthew chapter 23, that they are looking for those things that are highly esteemed by men. One of those things is money. Men to this day love money. If you, you have a lot of money, that is a highly esteemed thing. That is a thing to shoot for in the worldly sense. 
And it says that these Pharisees were lovers of money, but Jesus said, you're trying to justify yourselves before men, but God is the one that justifies men. And it says that God knows your hearts, and all you are about is esteeming yourselves among men. And, God, and Jesus says, those things that are highly esteemed, those fancy garments, those best seats, those are an abomination in the sight of God because they're losing sight of their purpose and they're losing sight of what a Pharisee is supposed to be. And it says there, <clears throat> derided. That's another word that I looked up because I was not 100% sure as to what that means. Derided means to deride by turning up the nose to snare or to scoff at, to sneer outright at. So these Pharisees were hearing these things that, that Jesus was teaching. Not only in Matthew chapter 23 and Luke chapter 16 and throughout the Gospels, they're hearing these things and they were turning their noses up at it. They were sneering, and this means sneering openly. And Jesus is saying, it's because your hearts are not right. <clears throat> they were esteeming th themselves with worldly things instead of godly things. Back to our text in Matthew chapter 23 where the Bible says <clears throat> in verse 8, but... Be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. So what is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying that you can't call your father your father? No, he's not. What he's saying here is that these men were using titles, so to speak. He's saying, you know, one person is your true teacher. That's Christ. That's the head. That's the teacher. One person is your father. That is your heavenly father. And I said, and one person is your master, and that is Christ. But these men were elevating themselves to be that master, to, to be that highly esteemed person. That they were wanting to be that teacher, and they are losing sight of who the true teacher is. They are losing sight of who the true father is. Even though they think they are, they are wrong. And Jesus is trying to point that out. That Jesus is saying, one teacher, that's Christ, one father, one master. And they are losing sight of that because they're trying to elevate themselves above other men. And that is not how we should be. We should be humble, which is exactly what Jesus says here in these next verses. Matthew chapter 23, verse 11 and 12, the Bible says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. <clears throat> and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And that's something that Jesus teaches throughout all the time. The, the Bible teaches that throughout. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. Don't exalt yourself. That's how, 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 how the, those Pharisees were doing. And I'm sure if they heard that saying, the greatest among you, who do they think was the greatest among them? Themselves. That's your servant. And he's saying that those that shall exalt themselves are going to be humbled, and they that humble themselves shall be exalted. So it's a heart problem. Because those people that are humble, as we as Christians should be humble, that starts right here in your heart. If you're going to be a humble person, it starts here in your heart with the love of God and his word. And then you have that humility. And those Pharisees lost sight of that. The Pharisees should be the first in line to praise Jesus Christ. And they were not. They were his enemies, basically. As well as the apostles afterwards, if you go, if you go through and study the book of Acts. Humility. <clears throat> The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 8, 
Verse 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, and all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. You know who he's roaming about, seeking whom he may devour? The prideful, arrogant people. Not the humble. That's what Jesus, or, or, or that's what, the, what Peter just got done saying here. Humble yourself. If you humble yourselves in the sight of God, you're not going to be one of those people that that roaming lion is wanting to devour. You're not. The Pharisees were the opposite. They were not humbling themselves in the sight of God. They were exalting themselves, prideful. And that is the biggest problem. That's the people that, that, that the devil, that, that lying is going about seeking. He's not seeking the humble people of God. He's seeking the self-righteous people that esteem themselves. And that's the Pharisees, the hypocrites. <clears throat> Now we're, now we're going to start the woes, or some commentators call it the, the eight woes of, of, of the scribes and, 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 and the Pharisees. And Jesus is going to talk about and really break down the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees' problem. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. This is Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. So what's being said here says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. First of all, do you understand what a hypocrite is? Many of us do. A hypocrite is a phony. It's a fake person. It's a stage actor, so to speak. And that's what those Pharisees were. They probably looked really good with their, I'm going to say it again, phylacteries, with their broad garments and all those things. They probably looked excellent. They probably looked appealing. But they were hypocrites. And Jesus breaks that down here. One of the things is that they shut up the, the kingdom of, of heaven. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ is preaching the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ is preaching the kingdom of God. And they are trying to stop that. Not only that, they are trying to prevent people from going in. That there are people that want to believe that. And the Pharisees here are stopping them. They're saying, Jesus is wrong. He's not the Christ. He's false. So Jesus is saying, not only are you shutting up the kingdom of heaven and not entering in yourselves, he's also saying that you are preventing other people who want to go in to not because they look, a lot of people look to those Pharisees and the Pharisees are not for Christ and Christ is the kingdom. <clears throat> the second woe is, woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses and for a, a penance make long prayer Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. So what's the problem here? As we looked at there in Luke chapter 16, they were lovers of money. It said that they are devouring widows' houses. They are not taking care of the widows. They are devouring them. They are greedy for that money. And they make long, extravagant prayers. Why? As we looked at earlier, to be seen of men. They're doing those things to exalt themselves. And Jesus says, therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 15, the Bible says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. What does that mean? 
First of all, is there anything wrong with the proselyte? Absolutely not. Nothing wrong with that. That is someone who was a Gentile, so to speak, and who they got and they brought over in, into, <coughs> into a Judaism. And they made that, that person a proselyte, and that is a good thing. We can study that in the Old Testament. But the Pharisees weren't necessarily concerned with that. The Pharisees, since they are already a child of hell, so to speak, and that's what Jesus is saying here, now you have brought this other person, you've made him twofold that because you are not right. To me, I might make it more, more simple than it is, but the Pharisees are not right. So when they make a disciple, so to speak, of themselves, that person is not right. And that cycle continues, and it continues because the, because the Pharisees are hypocrites. So when they make that proselyte, when they make that person part of their religion, so to speak, since they are so far gone, that person is now so far gone. And they're not really achieving what God wants them to achieve. <clears throat> and when Jesus is there, you make him more the child of hell than yourselves. That's some harsh language. I mean, Jesus is not pulling his punches when he's talking to the Pharisees or talking about the Pharisees, and he goes on more so as this chapter goes on. Matthew 15, verses 12 through 14, jumping back to Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says, Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard these things? But Jesus answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Does that sound familiar? We studied that a while back, where Jesus is, is, is talking about the Pharisees here. And he says, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Jesus there was basically saying, these Pharisees are not planted by my heavenly Father, and they're going to be rooted up. And he says, let them alone, they are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. That's, that's the more scary thing that when we talk about these Pharisees. Is that the Pharisees were leaders. The Pharisees were guides. They were leading people and teaching people. And Jesus here is saying they are blind leaders. And those that follow them, they are blind. And those that follow them, are they, they are blind. And both blind people are going to fall into that pit or in that ditch, or in that hole. And that's what's really upsetting to me, is that when we talk or when we read about these Pharisees, as it says here in Matthew chapter 23, verse 16, woe unto you, you blind guides. They're guides. And people are following these. Imagine someone following these guides into the woods. Well, these guides have no idea where they're going. You'll never get out of those woods. You'll never make it out. Because these Pharisees are blind leaders, they are blind guides, and that is what is so terrifying when I talk about these Pharisees. It's not just them, it's those that are following them. Back to our text in Matthew chapter 23, <clears throat> verse 16, the Bible says, Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a, a, a debtor. Ye fools and blind... For whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold. So he's saying that you, you guys are fools, you guys are blind, you guys are not, not, not understanding. You're more concerned with the gold that is in the temple than the temple. And then he, he, go, go, he, he goes on and says in Matthew chapter 8, or in, in verse 18, And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. 
But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty, ye fools and blind. For whether is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. So they're, they're not understanding. Jesus is saying, what is more important, that, that gift or the altar that sanctified the gift? He explains it more in verse 20, where he said, Whosoever, shall, whosoever therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that, that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Now, these are people that have lost sight of the true meaning of things. And I've, and I've, seen, I've seen people like that, that, that they, they are concerned about something, but they're forgetting the big picture. As we often say, they're missing the boat. They might see the boat, but they're not on the boat. They're missing the boat because they're too concerned with other things. And Jesus is saying, you guys are incorrect. So he's sitting there talking to the multitudes. He's talking to his disciples, but to me, it's still teaching. It's still teaching. That he's saying they are confused. It is, it, it is more important for the temple that sanctifieth everything, for the altar that sanctifieth everything, and it is God's temple, and it is God's heaven, and those that swear by the throne of God swear by him that sitteth thereon. It's saying, get back in focus on what is really important, because they're too focused upon themselves. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 the Bible says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and honest and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye have done, these ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind, ye blind guides, still talking about they are guides, which strain a gnat and swallow a camel. So here, the Bible says, they have omitted the weightier matters of the law. And, and if you remember about a year ago or so, Franklin went over judgment, mercy, and faith. And he, ta he talked about those things that they were ne neglecting. They were so concerned about tithing of mint and some other spices and things of that nature. But they forgot judgment. They forgot mercy. They forgot justice and faith. He says, these things you should have done and not let the other undone. It's not that they shouldn't have done those things. Those things were right to, to do to tie that mint and to tie that cumin. But they are forgetting the more important things. They're forgetting judgment. They are forgetting mercy. They are forgetting faith. And these men, these Pharisees, they did not have that faith. They did not have that mercy. And they did not have that judgment. And then he describes it in this manner. That the blind guides, they strain a gnat and swallow a camel. Now, I'm not exactly saying that Jesus was being sarcastic there, but he's making it pretty plain language. Here's a gnat. Here's a camel. And in that time, many times when they had some milk there or they had some water, if there was a gnat in there, well, they would strain that gnat out so you would be able to drink that glass of milk. Can you imagine a gnat and then trying to swallow a camel? It's kind of a funny picture if you think about it because I picture that in my head. They're so concerned with the gnat, but here comes the camel. Let's not worry about that. And that's what, what Jesus is saying. You're worried about something that is small. Strain the gnat. It needs to be done if you want to drink that glass of milk. But don't neglect the entire camel. And it reminded me of Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, where the Bible says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou... The, the mote that is in thy brother's eye, 
and considereth not the beam that is in thy own eye. For how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thy eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thy eye, that, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Here Jesus is, was teaching us, if you recall back in the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the same thing, that they were so worried about pulling this speck out of their brother's eye, and they've got a beam in their own eye. And if you think about that, that could be a funny picture too. That someone's got a giant beam out of their eye, but they're really trying to take care of that speck. They're worried about not that that moat or that speck or that gnat doesn't need to be taken care of, but they're neglecting the bigger picture. And just like it said here in Matthew chapter 7, thou hypocrite, that's this Pharisees. They are the hypocrites. They are the phonies. Trying to swallow a camel and they're worried about a gnat. Or trying to pull out a speck when they've got a plank. They're way out of perspective. Continuing on there in Matthew chapter 23, <clears throat> Jesus says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and that the outside of them may be clean also. So here, to me, this has a deeper meaning than just cups and plates. Not that Jesus is not condemning cleaning cups and plates. Clean cups and plates. But it says it's more important to clean the inside of the plate. It's more important to clean the inside of the cup. And these Pharisees, if you recall, they're pieces of parchment. I'm not going to say the word again. And their robes and all those things, the outside of themselves were very clean. They looked very good. But the inside, their heart, was not right. And, and, and we read that earlier, that God knows their hearts. God knows our hearts. God knows everyone's heart. That's the part that needs to be clean. And if you clean that part first, the outside will be clean. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach these, or it's what he's trying to teach his, his disciples there, talking about the Pharisees, that if the Pharisees would take care of the inside of their cup, their heart, then the outside would be clean as well. And to me, that's another picture that is very clean. If you've got the inside of a cup that is dirty and you just strain the gnat out of the milk and then you want to pour the milk into that cup, you want to make sure that the cup is clean on the inside. That's what you're drinking. And that's what Jesus is saying here. They're so worried about the outside, but they're not worried about what's inside. Woe unto you, verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, phonies, stage actors, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity or lawlessness. So there Jesus really breaks it down. To me, this woe, so to speak, is one that really had to hit like a hammer. This one is obvious and blatant. He said, you guys are like white as sepulchers. And that's, that's like a tomb, so to speak. And that's, that's something that looks beautiful. And I'm sure these Pharisees' outfits look very beautiful. He said, you guys look great. But guess what? Inside you're full of dead men's bones. You are full of hypocrisy. You are full of lawlessness. You are full of uncleanliness. And that's when <clears throat> I really started to examine myself as well. Am I only concerned with the outside and I'm not concerned with the inside? Because it's the same for us today. We can fall in the same trap as a Pharisee like that. 
scribes and Pharisees. That could be us if we do not take care of the inside of our cup, if we do not take care of the inside of ourselves. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. These white sepulchers, these tombs are full of dead men's bones. And that's just like you, Pharisees. Matthew chapter 23, verse 29. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous. <clears throat> and say, if we had been in those days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers of them in the blood of, of the prophets. So here... Jesus is saying, you guys garnish the tombs of, of the prophets. They, they're probably whitewashing those tombs, making them look really good. And then they say, you know, if that was me way back then, I, I wouldn't have done that. Have you ever said that? If that was me, if, I, if I'd have been there, I would not have said that. If that was me, I wouldn't have done that. I know they killed the prophets and they slaughtered all those prophets and all the blood of the prophets. If I was there, if I was there in that time, I wouldn't do those things. And that's what those Pharisees were saying. And Jesus is like, really? Let's examine that. And he does so here in verse 31. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation, or ye offspring of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? So Jesus is just laying it plain out. He's like, you guys may say that. But that is not true. And in verse 32 where it says, Fill ye up the measure of your fathers. In the, in the New King James Version, that verse there in 32 says, Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. So he's saying, you guys are guilty. You are just as guilty as your fathers. And he said, not only that, you should feel that guilt. You should feel that measure. You should feel that guilt of your fathers. And then he said, because you guys are just like them. And then he, he describes them, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. That's really strong language. To me, that's really strong language because there's many times the Bible talks about the, the, the hypocrites there or the bad people as wolves. Or there were many that saw the, <coughs> saw the, the people there, the Samaritans, and they would call them dogs. But here Jesus calls them offspring of vipers he's calling them serpents he's calling them snakes if you're going to depict someone as an evil animal that's it that is evil as it gets go back and read genesis so he is really saying that you guys will not escape the damnation of hell then he goes on and explains it more in Matthew chapter 23, verse 34, the Bible says, Wherefore, behold, I send, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify. And some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. And upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel, if you recall that story from the blood of Zacharias, son, uh, son of Barachaeus, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. So Jesus is saying there, you guys are the same. You may say, if I was there, I would not have killed those prophets. And Jesus is saying, I send unto you prophets and wise men. And guess what? <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to kill them and you're going to crucify them. Well, Jesus is one of those going to be crucified later. Is that right? It says there that some of these men you're going to scourge and then you're going to persecute them from city to city. And if you recall our study in the book of Acts, everything right there happens. 
that those men, those apostles there, are persecuted from city to city. Those Pharisees are chasing Paul and Peter all over the place. That these men are going to kill and crucify some. They're going to scourge and going to persecute some. Jesus is saying, you Pharisees are just like your fathers. You guys are just the same, and all these things are going to come upon this generation. So he's saying, you cannot escape. And that's, that's some pretty scary things. Where, where Jesus is saying there, this is, this is going to happen, and he's basically saying there's no escape for you guys. I do not want to leave talking about Pharisees without looking at Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. When I think of a Pharisee, this is the parable, this is the spot that I go to every time to describe a, a Pharisee and make sure that I am not like this man. We're done there talking in, 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 in this chapter about those Pharisees, those scribes, those hypocrites. And I want us to look at this parable really quick. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9, the Bible says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Who does that sound like? Some people that we just studied for the past 30 minutes. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. <clears throat> and that's ironic because what we were studying, Jesus was basically saying that the Pharisees were extortioners, were unjust. Luke chapter 18, verse 12 says, I fast, this is the Pharisee still speaking, praying about himself, basically. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven and smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That if you can remember all those woes and study Matthew chapter 23 some more, I'll encourage you to. But this really to me describes how Pharisees acted, how Pharisees were. That they saw themselves above other people and they did not humble themselves. Back to our text in Matthew chapter 23 verse 37 through 39 ending the chapter here. Jesus shifts gears a little bit, and he starts talking about Jerusalem. And he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killeth the prophets and stoneth them which are sent unto thee, how often will I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That Jesus here is lamenting, so to speak. He is sorrow. He is upset. I mean, Jesus takes no pleasure in saying any of these things. He's saying that, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you're the ones that killed the prophets. You're the one that stoned those people that are sent to you, like Jesus. And Jesus here is saying, you know, and this is the part that, that really gets me, really makes me upset. Jesus said, I would, have taken you, I would have taken you like children and put you on your wings just like a, like a chicken with her chicks. And I would keep you and I would make you safe. And then this right here, and ye would not. They did not. You know, those Pharisees, many of them did not repent of those things. And that's the biggest problem. 
that did all those Pharisees that were talked about, all those Pharisees that asked those questions and tried to trick Jesus, could they have repented of their ways and turned to Jesus? Absolutely. But they did not, and they would not. And here, if you, if you stay with us, as, as we go to Matthew chapter 24, we'll see that Jesus talks about the temple, and he talks about the destruction of, of the temple, and that kind of goes into what we just left here, about how thy house is left unto you desolate. But this is really upsetting, because Jesus is here, he is in Jerusalem, and there are people that are going to want to kill him. And Jesus is saying, you guys are the ones that are in the wrong. You guys are the hypocrites. You are the guys that have lost sight of what is supposed to be happening. That's the, that's, that's the end of, of our study tonight. If there's anyone here who is subject to the gospel call, if there's anyone here who is moved, is there anyone here who wants to obey the gospel and become that child of Christ to get away from that hypocrisy and not be like those Pharisees? We have water here. We are prepared to assist you with that. If you are having issues or problems in your life that you may feel that some kind of Pharisee-type mindset is coming upon you, and you need the prayers of the church, or there's anything else that we can do that we can help you or pray with you or for you, we ask that you to please come, sit on the front row, and make your wishes known as we stand and sing. There's a fountain.